Hey, 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 welcome. You're listening to MMA and Beyond. We've made it to episode seven. Unbelievable. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for sharing. Our messages are fantastic. We appreciate it. Even those of you who are pointing out things that we could address and adjust, we're always open to that. And thank you so much for sharing. Let other people know that you listen to MMA and Beyond with me, Steve Maraboli, the great Ray Longo, and of course, Mike Rosigliano, who who jumps in, helps us out, and really appreciate it. And for those of you who had great... Um, uh, Ray's already laughing. I he's to, already, just, already just, laughing. I swear me. to God, he, just looking at him, I can't <laughs> control myself. Episode 7, no, seven the number listen, 7. I've never the had any number who, seven. What famous Yankee retired that number? That's for oh, you. That would be Mickey Mantle. Oh, very good. Oh, the yeah. Mick. Come on. The Mick. Come on. Come Mickey on. Mantle, for those of you who sent great comments about our, our last guest, who is Al Jermaine Sterling, thank you so much. We are. We're refining, improving, enhancing every chance we get, and we are likely to have more guests more often as well. So thank you so much, and let us know who you'd want to hear, any topics you want to hear about. It doesn't have to just be MMA, and, uh, of course, any guests that you want to have out. We will reach out and get everybody we possibly can. Ray, what's going on, brother? Uh, nothing much, man. Had a good week getting Al ready for his fight. Uh, also, uh, Aljamain Sterling, uh, Oka Sazaki, and uh, Marab. Uh, everybody's doing good. They fight two weeks after. Jenny Dell fights in between. So we got a busy, busy April coming up. A lot of uh, a lot of eye of the tiger happening in that gym. When you go in there, you just feel it. You feel yeah, it. You know, it's good when all the, the guys that are fighting are in there because even uh, the other day, like a young kid came in for the first time to do a, a private with uh, Jamie Franco, the manager, and he runs the kids' wrestling program. And you could see he saw Al and he was, you know, taken back. And it's a big thing when for a lot of people that they see, you know, some of the guys on TV and then they walk in the gym and especially the little kids, I think it's great, you know, not, not even little, but like 14, 15, you know, it's a, it's a big deal, man. These are, these are like, you know, some of the heroes. And to see how much work, how much work and training goes in there. You mentioned Al's, Al's fights, uh, uh, less than a month away, Al Iaquinta, uh, how's it going? How's the training? Are we on? We on track? Looking yeah. good, feeling good? I think we're looking good, man. Al's, I think the camp is going really, really good. I saw good. him this morning. He looks amazing. Yeah, I think he's he's on. And, and the night before, we had a great session. So he's, uh, you know, he, he's just looking good. You know, he's getting back on track. And, man, he, he's a really hard worker in the gym. He, <laughs> he really, really is. really is. We have to really, like, kind of slow him down a little bit. But he's he, he's really a hard worker, you know. And so. he gets in that zone. You see it. You see, no, without kinda, a doubt. He's he's a guy you don't see in there with headphones on. He's just no, no, he's in his not. own world, his own zone, and and that again, that eye of the tiger, man. You see it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great fight. Feld, a really really tough kid, but I really think it's just two tough kids, and I think that's definitely got fight of the night potential. I think they're both uh, they both like coming forward, and again, they're both really really good. They're really really good, and they're smart. Yeah, they're both smart fighters. I think that this is a this is an incredible fight for Al to to really showcase his fight IQ as well as just that what thing a, that makes him him man that mindset yeah, that yeah, mindset yeah. something when when he's able to transition in, in situations like he even did with real estate yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It, yeah he's, it, he's gonna go it was for funny it. at times man but he adjusts he adapts he puts his mind to it and here he is in a, another successful endeavor and and putting that back in the cage and seeing him train it's a yeah. There's levels to this. Yeah, stuff, man. really, 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 really good and exciting having that guy back. He's kind of like the uh, 
he's the glue that's holding everything together and you know everybody looks up to him and he's got such a great work ethic and yeah, he's going to go for it. I mean, I think he's he's proven. He's got five straight wins. He's fought some tough guys. I mean, last night we had the the clocks went ahead, and I think it almost killed me. I need that hour of <laughs> sleep. And on top of that, I see his Ross Pearson fight was on at like 3 in the morning, so that was 4 in the morning. So I had a rough day today. So whatever I get tonight is, I don't know, I'm on fumes right now. But That was a great fight. That was a great fight. And Ross is a tough guy, and, you know, Ross has a win over Felder. Not that there's any linear logic in in fighting at all. If A could be B, B could be C, doesn't hold true for fighting because styles make fights, obviously. But... uh I thought that was a good barometer, you yeah. know, to know. I think they're all in the same kind of category, but, you know, Al's looking good, man. I'm excited for the fight. He's excited for the fight, and I think the fans are really excited for the but, fight. Is he a fighter who, who I know you've had him since the beginning as well, is, is he a fighter that surprised you of how good he got in his training, or is he? did you know he was something special from the beginning? No, I think he was another guy. When he came in, the first night he was there – we had George Sotteropoulos, who had, you know, done really good on the show and was considered a prospect. And, man, they, they went to war. And I was like, well, this kid was maybe he was like 20 years old. I was like, I, I, just his, his balls alone in fighting. He didn't get rattled that night, nothing. And, you know, uh, yeah, no, he, he definitely didn't surprise me at all after looking at him because he was good. He, we fine-tuned a couple of things. And like you said, his fight IQ – got better but uh no right from the get-go he was another guy that just came out like a shot out of a cannon uh, never forget like, that even the whole gym was like whoa because george like yeah, yeah and george was steamrolling people you know great gas tank sauteropolis had and he was he was relentless and there's a young kid really giving him hell was was a was a cool thing he's got that that long island wrestler yeah, work yeah, ethic yeah 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 loves the wrestling and uh one of the really, you know, at the beginning, one of the guys that really blended everything together. I think even, you know, Chris Weidman always says, you know, he looked up to Al for just his transitions and the way he went from punching to the takedowns and ground and pound back up. Yeah, he was good, man. And he had a good uh, transition with the wrestling to the jujitsu. I think so, yeah. You know, I think so. Because, you, you know, a lot of the uh, the guys that are coming out, like Chris and, and Al Jermaine and Al, they're all coming out of a, a wrestling yeah, yeah. I, I think right. uh, Al Jermaine and Chris had a better transition than Al with the jiu-jitsu. Weidman from day one was like, a, it's hard to get a wrestler to even do anything off his back. And right. Even the first time with Chris, he had a great guard. And, and Al Joe's just, you know, that, you know, the nickname, the funk master, he's he's a wacky dude, man. But he he's great in the scrambles and he latches onto your neck. He's going to, he's choking you out. Yeah. Yeah, he's he seems like he's a problem for anybody. If he yeah, gets I I think Al was more like he just wants to beat you into oblivion. So he was more of a ground <laughs> right. and pound guy. Like his ground and pound was really good, and those other guys I think were more technical with the jujitsu, but still still good. And uh, but I think those guys had a transition from right from the beginning. Now you know, you know Al's he, no, he's just good all over the place. Yeah. But his ground and pound, I think he he loves just yeah. you know he loves going for it. And he's a he's a he's a crowd favorite. Yeah, I, think I mean so, yeah. that is just an understatement. Yeah. I mean, I well, he's so. a he's a good dude, and 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 he and it it permeates even on the, the when he's famous or saying uh, "f you" to the crowd. 
it, it, it permeates that he's a good dude. It's not out of malice. And I think that, that the, the crowd receives that. Then when you compound that with he goes in there and does what he does to Pearson, to yeah, yeah. Uh, Diego Sanchez. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the, the fact that he's able to do that and have those fights is, is – uh, and especially in today's UFC model, man, that's, yeah. that's going to be something great. He's definitely his own person, and I guess he he speaks from the heart. He's not really bullshitting, and I think the funny part is then you meet him, and he's super quiet, and it almost doesn't match the yeah. persona on uh, of raging that you Al, see yeah. on TV. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's not, like, raging in the gym, for sure, uh, unless he's sparring, and then, you know. See, right. He, he's, he's any other time you talk to him, you, yeah, you're talking but, to a real estate agent. Yeah, yeah, like you're yeah, talking definitely. to, totally yeah, yeah he, he's not that raging guy and, uh, and, and good, good for him, man. It's good to see him back. It's good to see him focused and it's going to be an incredible, uh, an incredible fight. Now when someone, when you have someone going through, uh, a camp and like you said, you have a, a several fighters going through it now, how does your, how does your life change? Do you, do you make you obviously have to make adjustments to your schedule also, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, you have no life. That <laughs> is, that the camp is your life. I mean, especially the way I do it, because it's not like we have like set days where everybody's doing the same thing. I mean, I'm in there without Saturday night. I'm in there without Sunday night. Uh, if he's got to take off, we make up. You know, we make up for it. Doesn't matter what time it is. We just try to make it work. So I do it a little different like that, but. Uh, I kind of like it better myself because uh, like sometimes the gym's empty and you get to think clear and nobody's bothering you. There's no problems and you know I'm not. I don't have two privates back to back lined up. You know, so right. I like some of the downtime. But you know, it's a little stressful on the family stuff. But you know, my kids are grown now and you know I think I got lucky with a couple of things. But I like all weird hours. Even what Matt I used to start him we used to start training like 10 o'clock at night <laughs> yeah, crazy because you know well, we were both like fits, night owls you know but it fits for when they're yeah. gonna fight well yeah without a doubt that you know makes you know, sense fits too. For when yeah. you're gonna fight i mean yeah. those fights come on 10 11 without midnight yeah. our time here so to be training midday when yeah. when you're actually gonna fight 12 hours after that yeah uh, I, it makes sense to yeah fight i late. did a kickboxing show years ago with uh lou neglia and it was on espn too they came in to film it but the deal was they needed like 20 fights. So they wanted to make like four shows. Right. So this thing started at like 7 o'clock at, at night at like 2 in the morning. <laughs> Seriously, I'm walking up to the dressing room. There's still guys that haven't fought. I mean, it was horrible. I mean, literally 2. I think we got out of there at like 3, 3.30. But, you know, it was good. Everybody got TV time and ESPN2 was a big deal at the time. We're in... Uh, it's got to be 20 years ago, that well, show. Now, was that at the Capitale? Was no, that, that was at the uh, Vanderbilt. At the Vanderbilt? Big Jed Morey's place. Oh, yeah. the man, Jed. It was big. He's that a was good a, man. That was a big deal. But, yeah, those guys, there were guys two in the morning sleeping before they were fighting. It was it was crazy. And so. all for, for TV content. UFC. Yes. UFC's leaving Fox, right? So, so if you're the decision maker, what are you looking to do? As the UFC, uh, as far as viewership, do you do you try and st stick with a network? Do you make the transition to a Netflix and Amazon? Uh, I'm not sure how. What's the UFC's? I know well, I'm a did. member, but what's their online thing? Uh, Fight Pass. Fight Pass. I know that I'm a member, but I don't know how how many members they have and and how well that does. What do you think? Uh, what do you think they should do? 
you know, I, that, that's not my thing, but it looks like, man, this digital media and all of this crap. I mean, who knows where that's going? I'm not. Look, there's certain guys now, the younger generation. We're on a podcast. That, yeah, they, yeah, right. But I'm saying there's people that won't watch a show on the TV. They watch it on the computer. They're only looking at Netflix. It's almost like a counterculture. Channel 4, man, I'm not looking at that, you know. Well, the idea of watching something at a particular time. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah at, I, at your own leisure. That's yeah. another thing, yeah. So it's like on demand, and they do it when they want. And like again, I'm I'm not in tune with that. But uh, wait, they definitely love Fox. Well, I think that they're they're renewing their um, their TV contracts. Now I don't know if 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 they're renewing with Fox. I think that they were having some turbulence there. Yeah. Uh, but they, it, I think they still need a network. They need to yeah. do. For me, they need to do uh, a lot more free stuff. Well, the only other thing is that you look at Netflix, Amazon, YouTube. The amount of money that they have behind them, you know, they can compete with the networks because they have tremendous amount well, I mean, of money. Amazon owns it's the world crazy. at this point. Yeah, now. so, you know, if they think that there's a market there, you know, the UFC, I think, has some options of what they want to do. Yeah, it all, it all based on their, again, their their business model. For me, it's, it's less pay-per-views and more free stuff. Well, you got to remember, the original model, if I'm not mistaken, was like even when they were on Spike was to do those weekly shows so they could advertise yeah. the pay-per-views. And I think that model was really good at the time. And, uh, like, again, I think they still need to be – I still think they need that Fox deal or ESPN. They need or, a bigger they, a bigger platform yeah. of free things to create. If you want to create the type of viewers, you, again, you hear them talking about, well, you know, we want to be a, right. a, a, a major sport. We want to be – but, you know, when was the last – the last football game you watched on pay-per-view or the last baseball game you watched on pay-per-view. You you have to right. permeate with free stuff and then get your money uh, somewhere else, whether right. it's the pay-per-views, it's then uh, you have your, your clothing deals and that kind of advertising. From the UFC's perspective, that's why, because they're so pay-per-view heavy, is why they require their athletes to, be, to have their own platform. That's why they're seeing these superstar setups. Because they need to make good with these pay-per-views. For me, uh, I'm not sure what kind of contract they're in and how stuck they are with it, especially with that new deal. The numbers are everything. But if they could get and just permeate all over the place somewhere uh, uh, for free, get those fighters some exposure, help them build their platforms, uh, that would be huge. But again, um, it's, I don't know what model exactly they're also, following. Also, Ray, you, you commented you thought they were going to go to more of a super fight Type I, of I, they I, have to. They do they, mostly yeah, pay per views. Yeah, I don't know what how they're gonna get their numbers up. I mean, the Fox numbers are definitely trending down. I mean, if I'm reading correctly, and that's not a good thing. So I'm sure Fox is in the driver's seat negotiation wise, and that puts a you know look even the pay per view stuff. Man, fifty percent goes to that cable company. You know so. Now with the digital media, the Amazon deal, maybe they get more leverage for that. Who the hell knows? But who would think that pay-per-view could become obsolete? And that's a possibility at this point. It, well, it's it's becoming – you're seeing a trend in smaller in smaller vehicles. You're seeing um, memberships. So like you're seeing like Apple Music. Right. It started with download every song for what it cost, 99 cents, and it was $1.99. Download the album for eleven ninety nine, Or – just pay nine ninety nine a month and listen to whatever you want. 
yeah, as much true. as you want. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so you you started with that a la carte model, and then people pro you know the 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 market regulates mm -hmm. this, and then you start seeing. So that's why I said I I don't know what the the UFC's uh, pay subscription is. I think I want to say maybe I pay a hundred dollars for the year or something like that. It was like ten bucks a month. Yeah. So um, and then I can watch any fight I want, whenever I want. Right. If they can find a way to do that or connect that with a larger, an Amazon, a, a Netflix or something like that, although they'll take the hit in the, in the beginning, in the long game, they'll do so much better. And they will help increase their fighters. Yeah. Their fighters right now uh, can't really, you know, uh, a guy who was in the mid-card or a prelim two years ago can't really, if, if it's only available on Fight Pass, he can't really share that with anyone. If it's available on Netflix or Amazon, you can share it with everyone, and you, well, you can, good you know, point, yeah. you you can you can do you can help your fighters get the platform you want them to get, but you can't be short sighted. You know, corporate myopia, I think, is yeah. really is really hitting the UFC, and hopefully they figure something else. Uh, yeah, because I I, I think they're gonna. I don't know for some reason. I don't know. I think they they're gonna end up staying with Fox. I don't know why I feel that, but they're gonna have to. It's not gonna be the deal they wanted. But I do think they need well, that. They're not in the position to make it that yeah, deal exactly. that they had before. Yeah, I mean, if I'm, look, it's getting to the point where, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you go to sell your car, and you know, like, you know, I don't, I don't I'm not a haggler, and I don't care <laughs> if I got a car and it costs five hundred dollars, and you tell me, you know, I go, listen, Steve, uh, there's not haggling five hundred. That's what you get, and you go, well, I'll give you four fifty. I'm going five twenty. <laughs> right. And I'll give you uh, right. All right, four eighty. 550 you know what i mean like you're in no position this is what i want and this is what i'm i'm not going lower i'm going to go higher and i think the ufc's getting to that point where they might have to take that deal you know what right. i mean and that's it and then because their numbers are showing i think that they're they're trending under a million viewers even on the free yeah, stuff you know so, so. Uh, and there's some pretty good free f free fights that yeah. are on tv and, and also they do the uh, like the documentary type behind the scenes uh, you know, leading up to the fights, I always thought I I find that to be quite honest yeah, yeah, some yeah. of the most interesting things. Or they'll do the camp like they did with you guys at Sarah Longo. Right, right, I mean, that right. was just for me. That was just a great. But that'll disappear too if they go to. Uh, well, that no, won't disappear. But I think I they mean, cut back on that too, though. I when they started, uh, even that's different. I think. Man, we used to always do those. Did you ever ago. see? Did you see Ray where they do like the behind the scenes and the and it's the. Um, with the mic catches and like oh, the no. ringside and, and Ray and Matt's ringside is just constant bleeping. Yeah. It's just constant <laughs> bleeping. Yeah. We have a, we have a deal. We have to drop the F bomb at least 20 times yeah, each. It's, around. it's yeah, like amazing. Right. Just, it's like beep, beep, beep. Everyone else is, you know, they're screaming out and you know what they do now that I, I agreed to do. I did a, a bunch of fights, but I never got any stats back. They, they hook a heart rate monitor up to me now. And I, I've oh, never wow. gotten one. I, I have to really ask somebody, like, what happened? Like, I'm sure I'm like 250 <laughs> beats a minute. But yeah, they hope, they want to do that for what reason? I don't even know. Maybe the maybe they were promoting like a, like a polo or something. They but, must have. Yeah, been. but they I never got any results. But that's where they back. got to punch him in. You know, put yeah. a hole in his fucking chest. Right. I, I don't mean, know they if got I had that? it on that night, but uh, no, no, that they have you mic'd up for. Right. That's, that's right, a right. definite. But this, they have a heart rate monitor on you. You know, they've got, they're going to have to put an EKG on me. They, they're sure going to have, have something on the side there. In, in yeah. case, well, you, you know. Especially if you have so many fighters uh, all in that little while. I know that's yeah. got to take an emotional toll for sure. Yeah, well, this is different now. The three, 
Last time I had three fires was when Matt knocked out GSP in Houston, believe it or not. I had Drago, I uh, fought Tal's Lettuce, who's still around, and uh, Luke knocked out Josh Haynes in the first round. Yeah, great night, but back then it was a little different for some reason. It's just business as usual. Now I'm a little stressed out, but I'll probably bring a lot of help with me too for this, these three fights in Jersey. Awesome. You bring up GSP. I'm going to go to some of the questions, folks. You're listening to MMA and Beyond. You're listening to Ray Longo, Steve Maraboli, Mike Rosigliano. And if you want to send a message or, or tell us who you'd like to hear on the show or, or a topic you'd like to, to discuss, check out MMAandBeyond.com. You could also reach us on social media. Ray Longo is Ray Longo MMA, and that's on Instagram and Twitter. You could also, uh, the gym website's LawMMA.com. I'm Steve Maraboli, a pretty findable guy. Uh, you could also hear Ray on the Anik and Florian podcast. I know I listen to the Ray Longo Minute, which is never just a minute and always a, a hugely entertaining part of that show. And, of course, Mike, you could reach Mike at MTRisig. Now that's M. Well, couldn't you just make T. it your name, though? It's, it's, I, I, well, no, it's think not I, empty. It's not I'm empty. Not E-M-P-T-Y. I think you're, it is not M- empty as in yeah. void T. of Michael anything. Thomas. I think you're going to have to change that. Yeah, I, I, I may have to. You either, I'll tell you, you either have I to change just, it or you have to get more than 40 followers. <laughs> one or the other. I may go to empty. E-M-P-T-I receipt and I'll be forget about it. Okay? Let's go. Hurtful, ladies and gentlemen. You mentioned GSP and Henry in Montreal or or. Henri, probably, in Montreal, uh, writes, how about the next GSP fight, guys? Any fighter you would particularly like? And does Ray hold any anger for the GSP slash Sarah feud? Uh, Two things. I'm not sure he's going to fight because I think he had some stomach issues that uh, they kind of made that, you know, that was going, that that he probably wasn't going to fight. I don't know. He had some health issues. And definitely never was any anger. I don't think they really had a big feud. I think, you know, Matt did some things to sell the fight, but everybody's super close now. I think George became a really good friend of mine, and he's very close with Matt. It's always great to see the guy. He's a really, really cool dude, and uh, no anger, no feud, nothing. Yeah, I mean, seems just a friend a good of the guy. team. I see George at, at Henzo's. Like oh, you still? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. No, good guy. Yeah. Definitely good guy. Really, really nice guy. And, you know, the last, I haven't seen him in a while, but I got pretty close to him a you know, lived a couple of years ago. So, and him and Matt are always cool. You know, like again, they sold the fight, and uh, that was a huge pay per view. Yeah, George doesn't seem like he's a feuding guy. Nah, either, he's not. You know? He's not buying Matt, into that. Yeah. yeah, you know, very, very respectfully seems of the sport of mixed martial arts. Was he know? one of the first guys that was commenting on on the uh, people using steroids and? Performance enhancing drugs wasn't he? Wasn't that one of his? I think when he was starting to for leave, leaving, yeah, 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 he, didn't he was saying he up, yeah. he saw something he didn't yeah. like. Yeah. So, but and who was the other one? I think that was um, was it one of the Diaz brothers who said, "Dude, everybody." Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it turns out, I mean, I mean, it's a just lot of most dominant people either got caught or didn't get caught, but just fell down that performance cliff, huh? I mean, I don't know. Can't we just be honest? It's, it's, and honesty, it, is honesty still out there at all? I, I don't... I mean, even as John, did you, I, I read the thing. I listened to uh, Victor Conti, who's an expert. I think he went to jail for something, right? Didn't he was have that Balco? the Balco guy? Yeah. But his, he had a different take on John Jones. The first one was, how did he get in the system to rent a ball or whatever the, 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 the 
drug was. I think it's a pretty complex thing, right? Because it's just not it's not uh, available yeah. everywhere. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, but he he his thing was he th- he believes he was microdosing on testosterone, and he got some stuff from a cheap lab, and they don't clean the vats because it takes heavy duty chemicals, and people actually got to give a shit. Which... Now, microdosing that means that for someone like me is that just that they figured out a way to maybe not do, do it, that but not right, go but not get the... caught. Exactly. Okay. I'm assuming, but right. I don't know that. But he said, you know, and then when they don't clean out the vats, if they had something with Terinabol and it got contaminated and, you know, he thinks it got into his system that way. And I'm saying that guy out of everybody is probably still way ahead of the curve. So I'm saying that's a, look, first thing, it was in his system. They could test us. It's not in our system. Nothing's in our system. You know what's in my system? Sugar. You know what I mean? That's it. Like how to, what do I go? I tell the doctor, how do I, how how do I get the sugar in there? Oh yeah. You know why? I ate about 20 Snickers bars (laughs) the last, the previous weeks before the blood test. Contaminated. Yeah. Maybe I'll blame my wife. You know, I normally eat cauliflower rice, but I think it was on a dish that she cut up a couple of Snickers bars. Doc, I think that's how it got in there. No, this is what happens. You know what I mean? You, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I, I, the guy hasn't proven to be the all-around best type of guy in the world, and you know he's he needs a huge turnover. Well, this the commission guy. came down, correct? Right. With suspending him, was it the? Uh, well, right. they, they find him. Right. They, the, the commission I, suspended him, and I think now he's waiting on the Us, Usada right suspension. What that might be, I think it's anywhere from two to four years. No, they didn't suspend. Like they that. revoked his license, and they're leaving it up to Usada. To do the suspension. Right. And if they suspend him for four years, then he can apply for his license again. So they should, I think they should have um, suspended him also. Uh, But they didn't for whatever reason. And he still has people saying they don't think he intentionally did anything. But again, he's already been caught. Uh, Right. This isn't the first time. This isn't the first time. And how the hell did it get in there? Test 10 people. Test this whole room of people that you're not finding nothing in in your in your in your blood work. Yeah. So it's just I don't know. It's it's a little weird. Well, it's it's unfortunate because he's such a, a tremendous athlete. Yeah, he's a he freak a... to begin with. I always say this: look, no disrespect to John Jones that way. The guy's a freak athlete. Why this guy feels he needs an edge, like being six five at two o five and a great wrestler with great striking. Like what? What? This is. This goes back to my, like a mindset again. He He's, must have an inferior mind that he feels he needs to cheat. You know what I mean? And that that's where it becomes or a delusion complex. of grandeur, where where I'm this good and I can do whatever I want. It could be either yeah, way. Definitely be mindset. It's de- it's definitely mindset. Well, and, the, and, you know, and we, unfortunately, yeah, I don't yeah. want to beat a dead horse, yeah. but we've been through it. Like, why would he do it? Why would because you know, same way as a dog lick its balls, because it's, it's, it can. It, you know, it, that's the problem, and he feels. He can get away with it. And he's far from, he's just someone we know, but he's far from another incredibly gifted person who throws it away. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's, he's, he, he, that guy's a, he's a, he's very, very gifted. There's probably a million of them we've never heard of who never made it to that level. Uh, and maybe if the same uh, drug testing qualifications were in when beforehand he wouldn't have made it to the level he was in exactly who knows who knows who knows who knows i think that there's a lot of usc uh uh, champions that maybe may not have made it as far if there was that that's true
why someone like GSP who started this conversation about why he may have stepped out. But again, uh, you know, some people may have, may have thought GSP. You, you, you never know, but, but yeah, I think that it's, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to say. Okay, so how did this happen to you? How, does, how did you get magically... It, it, and again, when you when you deal with someone who who hasn't shown a, a past of of great integrity, then then maybe you can you can begin to question. Maybe he's just maybe he's trying to stay ahead of the game, and that does suck because he is he does seem like he's a gifted fella. And when he does apologize, he, it does seem uh, wholehearted. Uh, sorry. So yeah, ho- hopefully that works out, man. For for him, for the GSP thing. Yeah. Do you have Do you have a guy who who you would think? You would like to see him fight? Would, would you like? Do you care if GSC fights ever again? I think he did what he did in the sport. He's an icon. I'd leave it alone. I don't think he's going to fight, so I don't really right. have anybody I'm thinking about because I think uh, Faraz kind of came out and said that you know he's got some, some health issues that I think he's not – I don't think he's going to put his health in jeopardy just for another payday. I think he got a taste of what he wanted, and I don't think he had an easy time in that fight either. You know, No, I mean? he was so, in trouble. Yeah, so – I think I'm, what I'm, he did is amazing, but yeah, he yeah, was in trouble and gassed. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's – I don't think we're seeing him again. That's my guess. You, Mike, any – Any fight the GSP – I like yeah. the GSP fight? Yeah. I would like to see uh, GSP fight Weidman. That that fight will never that, ever I don't happen. think that would happen. No. Never happen. That wouldn't even. And I I'm think they train that together. That wouldn't be fair for to GSP either. Whiteman's <laughs> He's huge. He's just not oh, even. But he's the same size as uh, as. Uh, um, I think yeah. GSP what was very selective of Bisping. Look, let's I face it, man. GSP found the right dance partner he, for that fight. Right. I mean, there's. GSP is like I mean, Bisping's not a small guy. He's a big guy, right? Uh. Yeah, but you know but he GSP's doesn't have like the wrestling. You know he doesn't have the wrestling. Uh, yeah, he's my size. Yeah, yeah, he's not. He's not the <laughs> have biggest you ever seen guy. Me standing man. next to Chris Weidman. GSP's my size. Yeah, Chris Weidman yeah, put I me mean, through that wall. He's not. Yeah, it, it, it's not. It, it's not. But but um, he picked the right guy at the right time. You know, it's it's he's a, not, it's he's similar. Not it's similar to like Rockhold wanting to go up to two hundred five and Gustafsson saying, "Come on up, we're waiting for you." And that, that and that's not even because. Luke's still fighting, you know what I mean? George took so much time off. That was hard to do what he did. Look, man, he became the champ again. He did it. Uh, he gets all the accolades. He deserves it. He's a true martial artist. I don't want to see him. I don't even want to see him fight again. I want to see him healthy and enjoying his life because I think he's a good guy and he was great for the sport. And a lot of people made money off him. I say let the guy, you know, go out go out on, you know, like he, he he's going out on a great win. I, th- I think I agree with you yeah. 100%. I, I know that he'd probably want to come back for some sort of epic McGregor kind of super fight, something like that, but I, I'm I'm fine with it never happening. Yeah. I think that he was a good dude. He was a good uh, yeah. diplomat for the sport as well. and um, He did a lot for this sport. He did. He did. He did, and, and he, he, he took it to another level in, in Canada, especially, yeah. and, and he's going to have that kind of... And, and set the example, get out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Set a good example for everybody. Don't stick around too long. That never works out. And, and be uh, a legend. He'll be a legend. Yeah, he he'll is be, a legend. That's, he'll see what, you know, like yeah. when you see our, our friend like Boss Rutan, like it, right, it's right. just right. They are synonymous with this yes, sport. And, exactly. And, and, in, and in a positive way. I think so. Ali Frazier, 1971. I was there. <laughs> 1971. I was not there. I, was, I wasn't on earth. But 
1971, Ali Frazier won. Frazier's 26-0 with 23 knockouts. Ali, 31-0 with 25 knockouts. First time two undefeated boxers fought for the heavyweight title. And I didn't know this. Frazier won by unanimous decision. Yeah, Frazier knocked him down with that left hook. I mean, I was a young kid, loved boxing at the time. Um, Huge Joe Frazier fan. Really became a, a Muhammad Ali fan. Years after that, I think I start, as I got older, I started to understand what the guy stood for and what he meant to the sport. But huge Joe Frazier fan, I think I'm going to say I was probably about 13 or 14 and actually bet another kid in the class like $10 that Frazier would win. You know, I was like, oh, wow. uh, yeah, not it wasn't a lot of money, but uh, yeah, I remember that fight distinctly. He was at the Garden, and uh, yeah, he knocked him down with a left hook, I think. That's what won him the fight. You mentioned the the Ali thing. You, you said I started to understand what he stood for. It didn't even occur to me that that you would possibly remember. Was that like a very polarizing topic, like it would be today? Yeah. Well, you got to remember, my father was a. I know Jane War... Fonda was like this yeah. whole. He was was he looked at like that because she's still recognized. I'm gonna say look again. I'm a young kid, but. Uh... You know, my father was a World War II vet. He wasn't happy with the guy. You know what I mean? Like, sure. so, you know, I mean, you know, to be a draft dodger back then was a big deal, you know, and to, but he did fight and he did fight for what he believed in. And I think he kind of made some sense. And, you know, I think everybody has to evolve. And unfortunately, we live in a world where, you know, evil does exist and you need an army, right. you know, but, uh, yeah, hey, look. Did he, he win the people over I'm as saying, being a fighter because he was charismatic? Like all of that, he won them back over. I think he won them back over. I think that's what I'm trying to say. I think I was one of those guys. I didn't like him, and I love Joe Frazier. Still love Joe Frazier, but I think uh, I think he won people over. Yeah, if if that's the way I I, I viewed it, and I'm going to say that's pretty accurate. I think that what year what year did they strip him of his? Well, well, he was still Cassius Clay, right? Uh, well, he was just well, he became Muhammad Ali to avoid the draft because then it was oh, against right. his religion. And then they stripped him that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could look that up. Or yeah. if somebody has it, and uh, yeah, I'm so not he was sure. undefeated at the time. I was that definitely he was... a young kid. I'm saying it was had to be right by that fight. Yeah, you know? from... but you got to remember, man. Think of all the great baseball plays. I think even DiMaggio, Ted Williams. They went into service oh, sure. during their careers. And then came back. And yeah, came absolutely. back and played, I mean, and still held records and stuff. I mean, I, I think that's weird. Nobody gets a pass, man, you know, which, you, ta- you know, like, I don't know. Today, I think athletes probably have more pull than back then, you know. I don't know why, but, I mean, these are great Hall of Famers that, man, they went in, they did their time, and yeah. they came back out and resumed playing. Yeah. You know, so... So he he was stripped he uh, in in April in April of 1967 he was uh he refused to be inducted into the US Army um and he was stripped he was oh, immediately wow. stripped so of his heavyweight ago, wow. t- of his heavyweight yeah. title and then uh came back later and and had this yeah this first fight and, and that's why I say I think people wanted to see him get beat at that point sure and Frazier was the guy you know that's wow. yeah. That's that's but a I'm long gonna time. I'm going to say left. by the time of the thriller in Manila, people were starting to probably shift towards Ali a little bit. Yeah, you know another guy. What a just a big draw. And I saw the thriller in Manila on closed circuit TV at Roosevelt Field, which was a huge, huge event. I think it was the first time they had full contact kickboxing on. 
I think, what the hell was the fight? I think it was uh, Kareem Ala versus Jeff Smith. I don't know if anybody's out there that even knows what the <laughs> hell I'm talking about, but uh, but it was a big deal. Even as a martial arts guy, to see like the kickboxing was great. You know, as a young kid, I was probably about 18, maybe. Uh, yeah, wow. And that Thriller Manila was their third fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I didn't know that, and that took place in uh, October of 1975. And uh, and that was 75. That was 75. Wow. I would have thought 76 for some reason, but yeah. Great documentaries well, about that fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great documentaries about that fight. Right, that fight was phenomenal. And the money, and and, and it just, he was yeah. taunting, he was going after uh, Frazier, wherever he was fighting. I mean, it was just an amazing documentary. And on that note, I hope you have something to talk to Mr. Producer about. Because somebody has to go potty. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I always do. I, I thought you always that have to save a couple for when we When we ch change this to or, or continue to enhance this to a video format, we're going to have like a ring card girl who, a, who comes around with, with, one, a, with a one, two, two every yeah, single time. I love it. Yeah, them. I didn't know there was uh, – were you ever a big boxing fan, Mike? I was – not ever a big boxing fan. I mean, I my the days that I was interested in boxing was when Tyson was coming up and just destroying. So, like mid-80s. Yeah, and he was, you know, he came out of Catskill. The Catskills where my grandparents had a bed and breakfast. Um, so, you know, it was a, um, that was, you know, and he was just destroying people. And it was like watching the fight to see how long it was even going to go Right and and just seeing some of these guys that would fight him wanted no part of him, it was just you know they said he hit it sounded differently. I mean he was just he was just destroying. Well, what people. you're explaining now is what we we've been talking about with Ray and 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 with you here also, and even that, that's what brought boxing to these next level. We just mentioned Muhammad Ali. We what's Joe Frazier without Muhammad Ali? He is devastating. He's all those things. Muhammad Ali became entertainment and you'd have the 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 non-boxing fan you just said oh you know he wasn't we were watching i wasn't really into it but he was from an area that i was familiar with and what how long would these people fight he was hitting hard and everything you were mentioning entertainment value and that's what brought boxing to that oh, next yeah. level and that's what's going to do the same for the ufc man and i wish that i wish that the fighters saw that a little bit more that history is showing where the UFC is going to go or not go, or it's going to go or not go. It's going to it's going to it's going to stay in its little platform as long as we r recognize it can be based on merit for uh, your fighting ability as opposed to your fighting ability combined with your entertainment. And as far as the UFC as a corporation goes, they are being so short-sighted that they're actually screwing over their fighters, demanding something of them. That they could easily help them with if they were to change the way that they do their media. Well, that was what I the last time we were talking. I, you know, the fact is, is that guys that are ranked two, you know, are worried about guys ranked nine that are going to get a shot at the title because because they have a bigger media following. Well, because they might get signed to the UFC because they have a bigger media following. They they're in the business of getting people followed. So the UFC. Well, we sometimes were when about, we look into we were talking about the wrestlers coming yeah, over, like sure. CM Punk. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, has a great following, you know, but was not, uh, you know, a uh, amateur fighter. It, 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 but had a great following, and his fight generated more viewers than than two incredibly great, gifted, hardworking fighters Correct. with no platform. Correct. Does that suck? 
Absolutely. But it is what it is. It's what it's what business is. But the UFC where I think as a business where they can make these adjustments are um, look at these fights coming up on, on St. Patrick's Day. Of these fights, one, two, three, four of the people who are scheduled to fight don't even have a profile picture on the website. Yeah. So the, the website says showing the card and who's fighting. Four of them don't have a picture. That to me is insane. Who are the guys that don't have a picture? Um, let's see right now. Guy named John Phillips. Never heard of him. Yeah, and <laughs> the, the, the UFC's promoting him without a picture. A guy named Hakeem Dawodo or Dawodu. Big fan favorite. Uh, yeah, huge fan favorite. <laughs> uh, Magomed Ankalev. And. Well, I'm not even touching that one. Yeah. What was and his name more. again? I, I can't go back to it. Back. <laughs> I can't go back. half of it once. Um, and Dmitry Sosnovsky. Uh, God and, bless you. Oh, wait. <laughs> so I so I these dudes. I wasn't even sure. So these dudes don't even have it. If the UFC wanted to uh, help their fighters gain notability, give them the platform, give them the opportunity to say, hey, this is a great template we use. Here are our graphic designers. You have... Uh, you don't have to spend a fortune on them. Say, okay, fighter, fighter ABC, you're new to our organization. You want us to snap together a 30-minute sizzle, a 30-second uh, right. sizzle yeah, yeah, reel, sure, something like sure. that. We'll do that. Every fighter gets a sizzle reel. Every fighter we make sure has a good profile picture. I mean, that's, that's basic one-on-one. That's one-on-one, I, yeah. I, I think so. The fighters can do themselves a big favor, but the UFC, man, help them. Help them do that. You're hurting yourself by taking the stance of, of, of treating them independently in some ways as independent contractors and as corporate uh, employees in other ways. You really got to help them. They're, they're being very, very short-sighted in that Ray, way. Ray, do you see, do you see them, you, the, the fighters uh, unionizing at any time? Uh, I mean, I've heard you talk about it. About a you know fighters union and uh, it could look it could be a matter of time but it seems like that whole lawsuit is just dragging and I'm sure it's one of those things where whoever has the most money they could drag no that thing on and on ever it's, no one's ever yeah. said hey what a quick lawsuit yeah yeah that's <laughs> true but you know there's 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 people with a lot of money that they'll just drive you out of the lawsuit you know they're just gonna bleed you they just bleed you yeah to right. sure. you know to, to where you give up you know I mean it happens so. yeah. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't it seem like at one time? If you would ask me two years ago, I mean, it looks like they're getting some traction. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know at this point. I mean, I think there's bigger fish to fry. They better hope that in five years they have something to unionize. I think that's where I like to see it. Some sort of uniformity somewhere. Some sort of yeah. uh, uh, some sort of understanding who's who and what's what. But I think that this is really in in the early stages. We were just talking uh, uh, last week about the referees and stuff. And Karen from Idaho Falls, she uh, and folks, if you want to participate, check out MMAandBeyond.com or contact us, contact us through social media. Ray Longo MMA on Instagram and Twitter. Steve Maraboli on Instagram and Twitter. Just um, send us a message, who you are, where you're from. Ask a question of myself, Ray, or Mike. Uh, and Karen from Idaho Falls says, a lot of shows seem to share Ray's criticism of the referees in MMA. Will it take a death or gruesome injury to get a change or accountability? Uh, I think it's going to take a death or gruesome injury to get a change. <laughs> I yeah. really do at this point. I mean, there's been so many things you could point to where they just, 
I sweep it under the rug. I, I don't know what it's going to take, you know? If even that, I mean, you're seeing near death and in, in weight cutting. You're yeah. seeing that kind of stuff, and that's not really changing it too well, much. But, but at least like Andy Forster, the guy in California, is being proactive, and he didn't let Burrell go down below 140. Right, so the there, are, there are some people that are they're, they're trying, you know what I mean? I'd love to see that on the the refereeing side. I'd love to see that type of accountability in a guy that really – I, th I think he's one of the more uh, suited guys for that job who's not afraid to make a change. And, and for you know, I think he's the guy that even started the early morning weigh-ins to maybe help with right. that. I don't know if that did, but... Uh, I wonder why it's different for, for California. Is it something litigious? Is it, is it, are they protecting the fighters or are they protecting themselves from some sort of uh, litigious action? Uh, Mike, what do you think? Yeah. Are you talking about with the, with the, um, the well, weigh-ins? Well, I think he's saying, why is California making some changes where other people aren't? But right. everybody followed suit with the morning yeah. weigh-ins, I think, so... Yeah. Well, it's dangerous, the, the, the weight-cutting. Like again, look, right? I mean, it's real dangerous on so, with some of these guys. Some of these guys have, have what? What were we? Um, who's fighting on the UFC uh, two twenty three? Uh, um, uh, yeah, Khabib. I mean, he almost guy, died. Yeah, and that's that's normal to him. The guy, but wrestled, so, you know, weight cut the, killed me. They're the, not the guy, literally. But the right. guy hip tossed a bear. That weight cut, that thing was nothing. No, those guys, you know, those those Russian dudes, man, or Dagestani, or the guys we have in the gym from the Republic of Georgia, they just, they come from a different... Yeah. They are just tough, man. Uh, you know, almost to a fault, and that's a problem, but... Uh, but, Ray, when, when, when Chris would get ready for a fight, what is he fighting at as he, middleweight? He fights at 185. 185. So he, he, he comes in at 185... The old days, when he stepped into the ring, what did he weigh? Probably about 205. So that's that's 20 pounds yeah. within a day? Of hydration. Yeah. Right? Well, so they have it down to they suck out the water at the end, so they want to be dehydrated right. the least amount of time as possible. And then, you know, at the time, you'd get a couple of bags of IV fluid. But. But I remember reading, uh, you mentioned Chris Weidman. I remember, and this is before I knew Chris, I remember reading... A, a different approach that he took where he said, uh, you know, I was having, it was a weight cuts were, were being a little more challenging. So what I learned, here's a simple thing. Here's a grown adult saying, so what I learned was don't blow up so much in the yeah, off season. Exactly. So <laughs> have some discipline as well in the off season. So I only go up a certain amount that I know the weight cuts won't kill me. And there's a reasonable sound idea for somebody who's cutting weight, but not everyone's going to take that approach, right? Some people are going to. I think that's more the. Yeah, I think, but that's more the train of thought at this point. And again, I don't care who you are under any circumstances. Losing weight that that way is just not good for you. It's like getting hit in the head. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. three times know. a year, especially. Yeah, right. And what about guys that do it more? Right. And uh, who who knows what the long term effects of, of that is? But look, it's a sport. You know what? What you know what going in. You know the pros and cons. I think that's. What everybody, I think that's what the athletic commissions are there for, and like everybody else, you know, the, there's risks associated with every sport. You know what I mean? Uh, even your sport, Mike, of badminton. I mean, you know, you get hit, you ever get hit in the eye with a birdie? Well, it comes pretty fast. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's no joke. <laughs> and it and, and it stinks. You know, it's oh, like the the, the, well, the rubber piece something. at the end. <laughs> it leaves a welt. No joke. It leaves a yeah. welt. So every sport, every Steve, sport, every sport. 
So but, the uh, referees, you think that there'll be some sort of uniformity within them? Is, is, is there, is the job within, is being a referee, does it have, like, Mike, you're a lawyer. So if you, um, I forget what the term is, if you don't represent me properly, there's a term for that. It's called malpractice. Right. Here. So is there a referee malpractice? Is, does mean, that exist? We, we might be heading towards that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, no, it doesn't exist now, but. Because if I, Mike Mike were to represent me in a court and yeah. I lose, but he didn't do his job, he didn't yeah. represent me the way he said he would, he didn't do an adequate job for whatever reason, that malpractice comes in and someone will hear me. And when right. I say I wasn't represented properly, why wouldn't that be the case? If it's the case for a doctor, if it's the case for a lawyer, if it's the case for most professionals who do have and even have to have that kind of insurance. Right. Um, I'm a speaker, and I have to have a multi-million dollar policy in case I hurt somebody's feelings. So it's wow. it's it's that I didn't know. yeah yeah you you have and, he, and, and, and he as a writer you have too, error, the, errors and omission insurance. Can you give me your insurance broker? Because I tell you, Resig might sue me. <laughs> I, I, would, I think because yes, if his feelings get any more omissions insurance, I have to have these hurtful. these insurances if I hurt someone's feelings or or something like that. Why not a referee who's in a cage? The only person who is not engaged in the combat and 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 could really save somebody's life. Yeah. Well, so. it's listen. If if the fighters ever did have a union that you know one of the first things that i would look oh, for is I a would, uniform set of rules I, for I, everybody and not i'm going state to state if they to had state a union state. that union's going after some of these guys there's no question about it i mean you can't uh you can't go to one state and, and you i mean they're doing it now where you know like we talked about with new yeah. york where they said well there's no you know we're not going to use any an instant replay on anything, and then you go somewhere else, and they allow instant. I mean, it's just and you're just not sure. Yeah. And you're not sure. And, and the point I made uh, uh, last week: you want to be a legit, viable sport everywhere. Then that can't be true. That you can't have different rules in different places. Yeah, if you, if you have a soccer game here, and you have a soccer game in England, and you have a soccer game in Abu Dhabi, the rules are yeah. exactly I mean, the look, same. I mean, I don't even want to. I don't even know if it's criticism what I'm doing. I just really, I'm not criticizing the refs. I'm kind of criticizing the system we should all just be able to understand what the rules are so there's no you know there's no problems during the fight i mean i don't want to have to figure shit out during chris weidman's fight on which what are we doing right because you already have that you already have that scenario with the three judges you don't know what they're looking for you don't know how they'll see it you don't know which is what so you already have that. Yeah, look, You're not they, sure, they but could, you should be sure what the, the referees looking right. for and seeing. It's a, it, it's nobody a, it's knew. Bad I could, that I nobody could tell knows you it was chaos that night. They might say it was different. Nobody knew what was going on, and uh, I think that's a problem. Well, let me say this about that. Yeah. In badminton, okay, yeah. we have a set of rules. You do have a and set, we, of rules. and they're international. And let me tell you something. And right. we stick to those rules. Uh, and that, there's a lot of. Honor. I mean, that's all I'm asking okay. for. <laughs> that's that's, really that's right. it. The equivalency. Uh, hey, Jason, in uh, on Twitter, he asks, what fights do you want to see? Me, McGregor Diaz 3, and I'd like to see Weidman fight Rockhold again. I, I'm pretty close to that. I'd like to see McGregor Diaz 3. I'm, I'm looking forward for the uh, the Holloway um, uh, Ortega fight. And yes, look, Weidman against Rockhold. Uh, I hope. Rockhold sticks around. He doesn't move up to 205. Or maybe they fight at 205. Who knows? But right now, again, for me, it's hoping that Chris, Chris gets healthy and that, that kind of stinks because his thumb is still 
like one of those problems that looks like it's lagging on. He might have to go back for another surgery, and that would be awful. But like uh, my tennis elbow. It's a nagging. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Exactly That's like right. your tennis nagging elbow. And it's right about this time where we turn his mic off. <laughs> right. Exactly just, like your just, tennis I'm elbow. I'm just trying to relate. <laughs> what do you think about McGregor DS3? Uh, you know, I think it would be a good fight. But I, I don't know. I think it's it's too much now. I I don't care I if I see like it. I feel like that yeah. ship sailed. I think the first fight was phenomenal. I think the second fight was good. I'm not sure I want to see a third fight. Yeah. You okay. know. I'm not either. I think that the um, I'd like I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't be totally against it, but it's not something. Uh, you have to sell it a lot more. There's. There's been a yeah. lot of other that happened to hit during a lag also, where now there are some killers you want yeah, to see yeah, fighting yeah, sure. for titles and and championships. And I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate that. I think that Diaz, uh, if he's if he's staying in shape, I think Diaz. Uh, could beat him. I, I think that he could beat him. Uh, you know, I know that there I was. Think he beat, I, I definitely, obviously, beat him the first time. I, and there's a plenty of people who think he beat know, him the second yeah, time as exactly. well. Exactly. And so I, I, I think uh, overall it's a good fight. I'd love to see uh, Chris fight uh, Luke Rockhold yeah, again. Yeah. I would like to see Chris fight uh, anybody. Yeah. I, I think. I that think it's always great to get a chance to redeem yourself too, and I think that's especially in a fight that he he didn't feel himself. He didn't exactly. Uh, and I could tell you, he weighed in that night after the fight at like 198, and that wigged him out. His rehydration went crappy and there's people that are professionals that looked at him getting into the octagon that told me they knew right away something was wrong so he definitely couldn't get past 198 which is really late for him and uh we'll see what happens you know but i think that's the sign of a champion is to come back and you know beat a guy that beat you and uh, I'd, lo I'd love for him to get a chance to redeem himself yeah it would be it would be a a, a great fight you know you know i, I find it interesting that that we do have these conversations because of of what we're talking about the UFC's entertainment model where out of all the fighters he what he's talking about having a McGregor Diaz again those superstar fights when made when they made that transition to a, a heavy pay-per-view model that that requires these these elaborate shows I'm interested to hear that I've also read somewhere I don't know if this is still being taken seriously at all uh but that uh Floyd Mayweather uh, was maybe training with or consulting with um, Tyrone Woodley. Yeah, Tyrone yeah. Woodley. I so have no idea. Who knows? Who knows? But count me in for that one, too. Yeah. I know that I called out CM Punk. Count me in for the Floyd Mayweather one yeah, also. Yeah, yeah. And and that one, uh, count me in for something like Look, that. At the end of the day, we're always complaining. Some of the fights are getting diluted. But, man, we didn't have fights this weekend. I'm upset. I don't know what they didn't know what to do with myself. I watched boxing. I went back to watching boxing, but uh, yeah, there was no fights and I missed it. You know, boxing so. had its. I, I guess boxing is having a resurgence. I a think lot it looks the, like they're having. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed and it. And again, other the night. superstars. Yeah, yeah, were, yeah. yeah. Were well, even the other out. night they had a couple of Russian guys. I think the Russians are really making a, a run with the boxing. Man, there's some really good dudes. Combat sports, man. Yeah, man. that was good. They had a good night of fights on Showtime the other it was a night. Good golf. Tiger huh? came back. This weekend, I told you. Okay. I told you. Okay. To turn, his, turn his freaking mic off. Uh, I thought you were saying a... the Russians are coming. Bringing no, in good no. Golfers. Tiger was playing this weekend. That was it. Was playing golf. He's looking great. And how did he do? Came in second. Came in second. Very entertaining. Okay. You killed. You don't Ray need. Longo, sir. You don't need to be you the macho guy. Ray you can Longo. just say, "Hey, I like, I like, I like golf." And, and it's couldn't you hold sport. that? Don't have to go to no, the bathroom. No, but we're talking. You're talking. I'm talking. Bring up Tiger Woods. I mean, you know. Yeah. Just. Trying to be inclusive. All right. 1989. We're, doing, we're going back to a history thing. Yeah, 1989, history. the show Cops. 
Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What Cops, you gonna do when they come? Cops oh, wow. makes his TV. That was the reality. Was eighty yeah, nine? Nineteen eighty nine, wow. and and I was uh, in nineteen eighty nine. I was I was a young teen, and it actually w- made me want to be a cop. That eventually made me want to go into the military to be a cop, where I proudly served. Um, but nineteen eighty nine, it took place in Broward County, Florida. I'll never forget. I thought it was so fascinating that uh, that whole idea of being a cop. After serving as a cop, I love it and respect it so much. But well, what do you mean? Just you, wasn't were you for military me. police? Yeah, I was military police. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I didn't know nice. that. You see that? Yeah, man. I posted a picture the other day of I 20, love the picture. I saw the love picture the of 20, you. Uh, 20 or 21-year-old me. Yeah, I was a military police, man. I, I, I loved it. But uh, that and was And we that figured out today, Mike, and you'll appreciate this, that Steve's double was Sergeant Carter from the old Goma Pile series. <laughs> the old Goma Can Pile. You look, can we have a picture of that, please? So Sergeant Carter. Sergeant Carter. Goma Pile. I don't my my phone was I've, I've been uh, instructed to keep my I phone. Got it right You'll here, get man. it. You're gonna get it. You're gonna love it, Mike. It's him. It's I actually see him. It. Wait from Gomer Pile? Yep. I think I got it. There he is. Look. Let me see. Steve. Bully. Look at him. Oh yeah. Oh my god. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. He was a little bit he's a little chunkier. I and added his group. Definitely. Definitely has a and resemblance. Mike, if you could just recite the words "golly gee," because I think we have Goma Pile here too, <laughs> to tell you the truth. <laughs> That's golly. Did you yeah, ever? There he is. That, He's that, there. That did reality show, and it did things with cops. Do you have a favorite uh, cop movie or show? Let the producer go first. Go the ahead, line. sir. I listen. I was a fan of Columbo. No, no, no. Right. no well, I, not that. Not that I had an issue with Columbo. I Beretta. liked him. Not, no, Beretta was good. Beretta was good. I'm going to say I, I was I enjoyed the Lethal Weapon films. Well, uh, I enjoyed the Lethal right. Weapon films, and um, you know, obviously one of the one of the great cop films was Bad Lieutenant. Oh, okay. My God. Oh my God. Bad Lieutenant cinematographer was who Ray? Uh, who was it? Your friend Ken Kelsch. Absolutely Kelsch, yeah. fantastic. Abel Ferrara and uh, uh, great movie. So there you go. What do you got for me? Uh, I'll tell you, a cop movie, I tell you, I liked uh, Above the Law with Steven Seagal. I thought that was a pretty cool movie. Steven Seagal. That's your, when he your went nemesis. Back. That's no, when he I went don't. back into his old neighborhood. No, no. No, he was a cop. Definitely not. He was a cop, and he, and he went and whooped some ass, right? Yeah, no, yeah. It was I think like Pam a Greer. CIA type of deal. Right. And, was know, his partner. One of his. But there's Steven Seagal. There's that, when we talked about movies, and you were... All about Bruce Lee, but Steven oh, yeah, Seagal yeah. was at the time well, of Van Damme and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's I thought well, I thought Seagal did a great job in, in was, those early movies, cop. and I thought uh, the choreography was really good. He did. He got a, some Aikido stuff. Yeah. I thought the, the filming of that and the choreography and was really good. he's a legit really martial artist, right? He's a legit Aikido guy. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Lone Wolf McQuaid. Uh, Are you a fan of, the, uh, of his films? Not bad, nothing crazy. But I thought Lone Wolf McQuaid was good. Wasn't Carradine in that? He was. Yeah, yeah. So he was. Yeah, he was good. I watched him. All right. Yeah. All right. Lone Wolf. Nobody has Lone nothing Wolf on McQuaid, Bruce though. Nineteen eighty-three. No. What's that? Lone Wolf. Wow. Lone Wolf McQuaid. I remember Lone Wolf McQuaid. Anyone remember Tango and Cash? Yes. Well, yeah, of course. Come They're on, still man. playing that. Come on. That was that, that was Stallone, Stallone and Kurt Russell. And then you know who uh, 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 Stallone's little sister was? The the girl from um, um, Magnolia, uh, Desperate Housewives, uh, Hatcher. 
Oh, yeah, she's good. That's right. Yeah, she's good. Shazam. What about Tequila Sunrise? Tequila Sunrise? Ah, it was a good movie with Mel Gibson. Not bad. Not bad. It was good. It was good. Michelle Pfeiffer, and then the, and then it was also uh, um, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. At what point did it start making the transition to like the Jackie Chan kind of comedy, like uh, the the Jackie? Well, Jackie Chan Chan came over with. uh, um, He came over with that one movie, Rush Hour. That was before Rush Hour. His first American type movie. He came over. The big brawl, maybe something like that. Yeah, and it was tough because you, you, it was tough to get an audience for that. And See, as a young guy, I compared everything to Bruce Lee's movie, and they all kind of came up a little short for me. But that's well, in terms a, of, but we're talking cop shows, yeah, cop yeah. movies. We're not, yeah. you know, exactly. All right. So keep. Although Bruce technically, Saturday. Enter the Dragon, I think wasn't he a police officer? He was on, on for the government. Well, something, yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah. There it is. Okay. Last question. Well, no, no. What is your? Favorite. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah oh, he said Tango. I and think Cage. I'll go with yeah, you know, like he comes that, up you know? with some like kind of. Uh, yeah, they I, are. We're, I'm not crazy about your picks. It, I'm no, sorry. Here, to say. Here's here's I, I am an emotional picker, so I like movies like that that I have a good memory of. So for me, when I say Tango and Cash, I'm a young teenager. Yeah. I'm, I've got a date with some other young teenager, and I'm thinking of going to the movies up the street. You know, I grew up in this town as well. So I kind of have those kind right. of memories where, oh, me and my friends would go see Tango and Cash, and you'd think of how cool it would be to smash someone's head through a, a washing machine thing. You know, and, and in your mind, like when you went to see the Rambo movies right, at that right. time, like you see the Rambo movies, and you're like, oh, how great it would be to be a soldier, or the Rocky movies and see how great it would be to be a fighter. Yeah, what, 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 so I have like an emo- yeah. emotional connection yeah, to it that What was the other Stallone picture where he was a cop with Bridget Nielsen? Oh, and Cobra. A, Cobra. Cobra. Marion Cobretti. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. Good. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. That was he a good one. He had some flops, like, over the top. Yeah. He had, yeah. He, had, yeah. he had some flops, but at the time, he was he was having those movies where uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was, I mean, that, the yeah. kindergarten cop, and that, like, he was having, uh, yeah. it, those were the superstars at the time. Speaking of films, Sopranos, prequel. Wow. Okay. Newark, 1960s. Right, strife between the uh, uh, Italians and another minority, um, and you love I, this genre. This is yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but what is you know that's well, I mean a, you know, he's a he's a writer, he's a writer, he's a writer. He's a, he's but producer. but you know it's he's good for a, us because let's plug his movie. Yeah, the Brooklyn did. Banker had all Sopranos exactly. guys in it, including Ray Longo. Yeah, not Brooklyn not Banker not is not available where guy, Amazon and uh, I believe iTunes and Hulu. I think. What's the release date for the prequel? He's just saw, he just they just made the announcement uh, this past week, so it's a couple of years. It's going to be well, when probably. When, when they're doing the casting, I'm ready to go. You're I know in. you are. Let's go. Well, what David Chase, doing? you know, he reached out to me and said, "Mike, that David Chase." Oh, David Chase is doing it. Yeah, he's David Shores, Sopranos prequel. Ray. I, mean, I could tell you one guy that will be in there, probably Federico. I don't think that. Well, because he was good. like three or four at the time, 1969. What does that 1960s. mean? 1960s. It's, it's, it's a prequel. 1960s right. Newark. So what does that mean with Federico? He because he was, because in The Sopranos, right. he was in his oh, 30s, I so he was right. six years old. Right. Okay, the the, old, the guys you'll get are probably, you can get. But they have Furio's the, father in there. No, well, he came from, he yeah. came from, Ray he Longo. came from Italy. <laughs> but More they'll have, they'll have Longo. probably Tony Soprano's father. Which you have Uncle, a, Uncle Junior. actor. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Uncle Junior. You know, you could have... David Preval, Richie April. Right. You could have. You could also have uh, Vinnie Pastore. 
big well, pussy. You can't have, if it goes back to what you said. You can't have David Preval because he's seventy. And what? Where did, well, that what I'm saying. In the late sixties, he would have been, yeah, like, like in his twenties. Yeah. yeah. What sure. I'm saying is the character, not well, necessarily yeah, David yeah. playing it, but those characters right, right, go right. back. I see what you're saying. You know. I got so you, you with I got me? You. I'm with you. All right. We got uh, good stuff. Of Very excited, uncle. Yeah, that sounds. Uh, All right. I wonder how that'll go over. Oh, I think it's going to be huge. huge. I think it's, it's going, going to be huge. huge, huge. People have been waiting for this, and it's just going to help the Brooklyn banker get more notoriety. <laughs> wow, really? Well, more sure. importantly, I mean, most really. importantly, Brooklyn banker. <laughs> let's um, do a la- let's do a last question yes. before we we close up because uh, I want to get to this one. Daniel from Omaha. He writes. I hope you answer this. We got to it, brother. My son is starting to do martial arts at a local gym, grappling and strikes. What age do you think sparring should begin? He is 12. Is that too young to spar? Uh, I'm going to say uh, no, it's not too young to spar. Uh, but, you know, obviously safety first for the kids. But, man, we, we have a dynamite wrestling program that Jamie Franco does a great job. But I see kids seven, eight years yeah. old, and they're rolling around 12 years old. Those kids are booking and, uh, you know, I would limit the head contact, but I'd let them get in there and, you know, learn their strikes and do some sort of limited sparring, but they should be in there. I think it's 12 years old, you're, you're getting up there now. So, yeah, it's not, that's, I would definitely think sparring, uh, Daniel, is. I would let him spar, but make sure he's in a gym that, you know, safety is first and doesn't have, the, you know, the karate kid, uh, you know, whoever that guy was in the movie running the class, and I think you'll be fine. Yeah, I think it'll be a great thing for him. And, again, everybody's grappling. Everybody's doing wrestling. Those youth wrestling programs on Long Island are huge, and there's a lot of 12-year-olds in there. And, and I, I imagine in Omaha there's yeah, oh, incredible yeah. wrestling exactly. programs. Exactly. So he, I think he's fine. What is but it? What's the age just be that they start Golden Gloves at? Well, they have the junior gloves. I think they're, they're boxing too at that, at that age. age right? You know, I think junior gloves ends when you're like 16, and you know, right. One of the crazy things, you know, with that is that they wipe out your record. So even then, you go as a at the time they did because I remember I had a right. guy fighting a kid who won the junior gloves, and then he was like 0 and 0 as a novice. I didn't think that was fair. Right. You know, my guy really was a novice. Well, that goes back to the uniformity thing. You had mentioned a couple of shows before where you said, yeah. like, here's these guys who are O and O, but you could tell that they've been they've been in plenty of fights. They well, got plenty I mean, no, the guys that were with, but I was talking about back then is you'd get a kid coming in from Mexico right. where they didn't have any, you know, we're talking about the 80s. You know, they had no record, but, you know, they, they had 20 fights. And, mm. you know, in the gloves, it's I think it's under 10 fights, you're a novice. And, you know, like, again, they try to hold to that. And they everybody has a book. And, you know, years ago, there used to be smokers where you would fight. And they, were, no, they weren't registered fights. So you could have 20 smokers. Sure. And that was, that. I think maybe that's what I was. But that's a big to. thing with the, the boxer. Uh, uh, and hopefully that helps Daniel again. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I think Daniel, for your thing, yeah, I just, yeah, proceed with caution. But I think he's ready to go. And I think uh, if it's done the right way, it'll be very, very productive for the kid's self esteem. And uh, he could learn a lot about himself sparring and, you know, being put in crazy positions and adversity. There's a whole host of stuff. But yeah, g- good stuff. And, just monitor them, but let them go, man. Those kids will surprise you. They could do things you don't think they could do. And, and them, for them, at 12 years yeah. old to figure out. I had mentioned to you when, when, when I did go into the military, Mike, that that uh, having done wrestling for six years, by the time I got to basic training and was hot and tired and, 
and grumpy and hungry. I had yeah. I had been there for six years already, and and it, it creates a certain mindset and something Without that you're doubt. not going to get used to just going through forms or just right, shadow exactly, boxing. Exactly. Love it, yeah. man. This. This is gone. This is gone. This Episode is seven, MMA and Beyond. Hey, you've been listening to uh, MMA and Beyond. Make sure you check out MMAandBeyond.com. If you like the show, share. Tell everybody you know. Uh, we continue to do this show. It's the great Ray Longo. Thank I'm you. Steve Maraboli. Mike Rasigliano always jumping in and making the yeah, show entertainment. I will tell everybody I know, and Mike, you tell the three people you know, and hopefully somebody. <laughs> hopefully, we'll will. get some more. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> we're doing okay though. We're getting listeners. Wow. Listen, we are we are absolutely getting listeners. It is and a we're uh, just warming up. We just forget about no, it. We, we're just warming uh, up. You're I actually even wait. using my name on these things. Yeah. yeah, and you can and yeah, and don't forget to on. Uh, thank you. Uh, don't forget when you do listen on iTunes to subscribe and give us a five star rating. That way, other people can see us uh, as well. You can check out Ray Longo at lowmma.com. His Instagram and Twitter is Ray Longo MMA. You could also hear him on John Anik and Kenny Florian's podcast, the, the Anik and Florian podcast. He has the Ray Longo Minute, always entertaining. You, I'm a pretty easy fella to find, Steve Maraboli. And Mike, we already know. Empty. M. As in Michael T. and Thomas Rasigliano, <laughs> not E M P T Y. M T. We have to change M-T. that. It has M-T. to be change that. Yeah, it has to be something a little more user friendly. It's like people who put underscores in their stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, no. it, it's because I, not, you know, with I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty uh, it's really private guy. Empty Empty I'm trying to be, you know, as low. Get out as there, possible. sir! You are a brilliant artist. You're a, you are a good producer. Thank you. You're you're a good guy, and and uh, and you should get out there. Be unapologetic, man. What is he doing? Wait, hold on a second. Like he's Don't, hold on. Ray, what do you know? Ray wants to say something nice. <laughs> Ray wants to say something nice. Ray, yeah, Ray, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crickets. The crickets yeah. are going. Ray, and, you, you're you're getting him in the prequel. Yeah. You're gonna get wait. Ray into the prequel. That's uh, good. That's yeah. that's your task, folks. MMA and beyond. We'll see you next time. Bye.